Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. Good morning. It is Wednesday, January 17th, six minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Interesting that the intro to the show talks about sending money somewhere, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about right now. That's what we always do, isn't it, Casey? We just send money places. That's what America does better than any other country on earth is we just throw money places. That's our greatest export oh, my is goodness. our money. So Vladimir Zelensky, he came out swinging. He was uh, talking about Vladimir Putin and he was urging political and business leaders to, well, enforce sanctions, help rebuild his country and also advance the peace process. And where did he do this? Well, it wasn't in the Capitol building of this country. Guess what? It was in Davos oh, at the World goodness. Economic Forum. So basically, so this is Zelensky right mm-hmm. okay so he has basically tapped out america he now knows america has reached its breaking point we have seen americans have started to see through these schemes and the scams the uh there is no longer at least a blank check in the house of representatives though there's a large check it's no longer just a blank check and like any good grifter or focus of an episode of American Greed, he has moved on to the next victim once he has bled the first victim dry. Yep, and that next victim is the World Economic Forum, although it's hard to call them a victim. So part of this is Oh, no, what- I actually, Casey, if you asked me, it's like this thing I'm going through in Brownsbury now with the superintendent and the school board. Even though I have strong distaste for the superintendent, if you force me to choose between the superintendent and the school board, Mm -hmm. I'm team superintendent all the way because as bad as he is, they're way worse. Same thing here. If you told me I have to choose between Team Zelensky Mm -hmm. and Team Klaus Schwab, I'm Team Zelensky all the way, and I hope he takes that old crook for every penny he and his rich elitist scumbag friends have. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's hard to identify the World Economic Forum as a victim at this point. But Zelensky's there for a few reasons. One, he's trying to get money. Two, he's trying to keep his country's, you know, defense against Russia top of mind to a lot of people because it seems that the world's attention now has turned to a wider conflict in the Middle East. Well, we talked about this yesterday. It's cause du jour. Mm -hmm. And some cause du jours are more damaging than others to the long-term future of the country and the American way of life. But we just ping pong from one thing to the next. And uh, Ukraine had its little moment in the sun and it has worn itself out. Israel was kind of the final nail in the coffin on that. Israel has had its little moment in the sun, and now Israel's back to being, many people believe, the bad guy on the on the left in this you know, equation. And so Zelensky, not only is he not number one, he's not number two, he's not number three, he's probably, you know, six or seven somewhere. And uh, that just, you, you need victims, you need foolish people to give you money to keep the con going, and he's running out of of, uh, he's running out of resources. So at what point do you say enough is enough? 
we have spent allegedly $113 billion in Ukraine aid, and it has not moved the needle. So when do you call uncle? We're not sending any more. Well, they should have never been involved in it to begin with. And we laid this out yesterday that for our involvement in Ukraine, we are well over $100 billion in printed money that we've given away. So that is raise the price of everything here in America. It's put those DAF deficits, your future taxes, future taxation on other generations who don't have a, a vote on it. Uh, we have made our gasoline more expensive because we uh, angered Russia. I mean, we did it to ourselves. We choked off buying their gas. So not that didn't hurt Russia at all because they just sold it to China and Iran and, and various other entities. So that didn't hurt them at all. It just hurt ourselves. So all this little involvement in Ukraine has done for us is make everything here more expensive, make us less, you know, more angered, somebody who we actually really need. This is the thing about Russia that I love that these uh, all-seeing, all-knowing, uh, just wizards of intellectual mega capacity who want to just say Russia bad, Ukraine good. We need Russia. Whether you want to admit it or not, the reality is there are many, many fronts where we share a vested interest with Russia, especially numero uno as it relates to uh, Islamic radicalism and terrorism. Now, not so much anymore because we pissed Russia off. Because now we're essentially at war with Russia. So now you've taken somebody who actually did have some points of commonality in terms of mutual enemies that we should be taking out. And now they're kind of quasi mingling with them now because we've done that. And we're doing it for someone, Casey, who once again, not even our friend. Mm hmm. So the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, and also the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, they met with Zelensky and told him that we're working very closely with Congress in order to uh, keep supporting Ukraine. But here is Zelensky, and he said to everybody in Davos that this is not just about Ukraine. If anyone thinks this is only about us, this is only about Ukraine, they are fundamentally mistaken. Mm -hmm. Possible directions and even timeline of a new Russian aggression beyond Ukraine become more and more obvious. Let me ask very honestly, which European nation today can provide a combat-ready army on par with ours, holding back Russia? And how many men and women are your nation ready to send to defend another state, another, Stop. another nation? Stop. <laughs> I'm going to start doing the thing where I start getting mad. Where I, and I don't want that this early because I'm high strung enough without having that little doofus piss me off at 9, 12 in the morning. Here's an idea, buddy. We're not sending anything. We're not sending any men. You don't get to dictate what we have to do. Mm -hmm. We dictate what we have to do. I am so sick of this ulti of the ultimatums from this D-rate magician actor guy who somehow managed to run a country telling me what I have to do. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to give you a dime. I don't have to give you a soldier. I don't have to give you a bomb. I don't have to give you anything, Casey. Okay, so he was there begging for more money, obviously. He said, we need you in U uh, Ukraine to build, reconstruct, and restore our lives. But if oh, you think about wait, it- wait, time out, time yeah. out. So it has, it has now at least publicly moved on from- we must defeat Russia. 
we must stop Russia because Russian aggression would be very bad for you. To, as we have seen from the money we've given them, mm -hmm. it has gone to much more than just defeating Russia. It's gone to paying people's salaries and people's pensions. Mm -hmm. And here he is. Yep. This, the, the, the next, and now it's rebuilding, the, the reconstructing, step, restoring. Right? It's always some, and again, if you watch an episode of American Greed, mm -hmm. the con always becomes bigger and bolder and more encompassing because you have to keep people giving you the money to keep the, the pyramid or the Ponzi scheme or whatever going. And that's exactly what, this is a made more episode of American Greed on CNBC. <laughs> now, just imagine the people that were in the and audience. And laughing because he knows it's true. Imagine the people in the audience that he was speaking to. You know, there's enough private wealth there in Davos to fund Ukraine for as long as the elites want to, right? But what is Donald Trump's plan for this? Because, you know, he has said many times that this would be over within 24 hours. So here is his answer. The Ukraine situation is so horrible. We're going to get him solved. We're going to get him solved very fast. And I know President Putin very well. I know Zelensky very well. I'm going to get him in. We're going to get it solved very quickly. Should have never happened. Would have never happened. Now you have all that death far greater than people understand. The numbers are far, far greater than anybody would even think possible. Is that specific enough for you? Uh... Look, Casey, you're you're the voice of reason on this show, and people get mad when I'm critical of Trump. So I'm going to put it. Uh, I put it to you, Greg, to steal uh -huh. a line from a very famous movie. Uh -huh. um, do you have any idea what his official position on how he's going to solve this is? I don't, but I will tell you, it's probably better than what Joe Biden's oh, been doing. Well, there's, there's because he's been doing nothing but sending money. Look, everybody needs to get it around their head that this this idea that if Ukraine doesn't somehow push Russia back to the sea, that Russia is going to just go steamrolling all over uh, Eastern Europe, a la, uh, you know, Hitler circa late 1930s. I mean, it is gross that that's what they're doing. Russia can't even get through Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've given Ukraine some stuff. But at the end of the day, it is Russia v. Ukraine, and they can't even get through Ukraine. So your theory is, after two years of stalemate with Ukraine, they're somehow just going to start plowing through every single Eastern European nation, and then they're going to roll up into France, and eventually they'll be on the doors of knocking on the doors of Great Britain. These people are sick. That and and and. Uh, little guy in chief over there mm -hmm. and i can say this is a short person because he's way shorter than i am <laughs> little guy in chief over there mm -hmm. uh I, I mean i would love to you know in the movies how when the bad guy at the end they catch him and they just kick him in the backside and they fall out the door and down the stairs that's what i'd like to do with Zelensky at the halls of congress is take him and put my boot up his backside and watch him uh, tumble head over heels down the steps of the nation's capital. Well, after his big win in Iowa, we're going to hear more from Donald Trump coming up on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Unconscious on a bathroom floor with a blue skin tone. 21 After 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
It's being reported now that Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Ursay was found unresponsive by police back in December at his residence in Carmel. We touched on this back in December, but now TMZ has picked up on the story and NBC and Yahoo News. And they're all saying that an overdose is the suspected cause of the situation when Ursay, quote, responded slightly. Okay, so first of all, addiction is a terrible thing. And if you have ever had a loved one who has addiction, you know this, that it is a lifelong venture. And it's never something you actually get over for people who find sobriety. God bless them. But those people know that every day is a, is a it's never over. You never see it in the rearview mirror. It's always, you know, in many ways, it's right in front of you. And you have to be very aware of it and very cognizant of it. Um, I've never had an addiction to drugs or alcohol, but as someone with an addictive personality, I have always been cognizant of that and put very, very serious guardrails around myself and whatever I venture into, because I recognize I could be, could fall into that, whether it's Mm -hmm. betting or drinking or anything. So I've always had to put my own guardrails around that. But for some people are, they're not capable of doing it and they can't even venture into it, even with guardrails. And Jim Irsay is one of those people. I mean, he has been to, what, like 15 times he has been to rehab. But look, here here is the elephant in the room. And thankfully, he's alive. Now, we were told he was dealing with a serious respiratory illness recently, as a week or so ago. And everybody wishes him a speedy recovery and hopes he's healthy. But here's the reality. We have a right to know what goes on with Jim Irsay because... Jim Irsay, over the life of that stadium, will confiscate well over a billion dollars of taxpayer money, our money, to pay for him to have a free stadium. And you have the right to privacy until you start taking my stuff. Mm -hmm. And once you start taking my stuff and forcing me to invest in you, then I have the right to know what's going on with you. And I'm pissed off, Casey, that a guy that I'm responsible as a taxpayer to give a billion dollars plus to for him to have a free stadium, that this this was over a month ago and the public didn't know about it. I mean, we are invested as taxpayers. Here's the reality. The Colts were an investment. The Colts were sold to us as an investment. Everything else that goes on at Lucas Oil Stadium, Jim Irsay makes out like a bandit on. He makes a fortune on concerts and monster trucks and everything else. We were told we must keep the Colts. Well, Jim Irsay is the face of the Colts. He is the leader of the Colts. And this is really scary that we have a billion dollars wrapped up in a guy, billion dollars plus in a guy who he's almost 70 years old, I think clearly in his life is not going to be capable of getting his addiction in order. And if this were an elected official who you have your tax money wrapped up in, we wouldn't stand for it. And yet with this guy, it's chance after chance after chance after chance. I don't want to be invested in him. I'm sorry if that sounds cruel, but he has had ample opportunity to get it together and we're, if you're going to take my money, then I have the right to weigh in on this. So the records say that Ursay was found on the floor of his bathroom and then moved to the bed. And that's where officers tried to revive him with a sternum rub and also a dose of Narcan. And the police records are calling the incident an overdose and overdose poisoning. And and again, it is it is hor- addiction is a horrible thing. I have a very who has become a very close friend and he's been who I work with in my other job who's been very open and public about his addiction that he overcame and talking to him about it it is watching people die around him and was what motivated him to get sober and every day is a struggle for him but he does it I wish nothing but the best for Jim Irsay but 
I am not going to remove reality from the equation, which is Jim Ursay got into my business mm -hmm. when he started taking my money for him to have free stuff. So if you don't want me in your business, then don't take my money. I'm going to guess Jim Mercer is not going to opt out of the tax increases that I have to pay for him to have that stadium. So it's game on in terms of knowing what's going on with you and being critical of the fact that you cannot get your act together. You are clearly incapable of staying off prescription drugs. I mean, there's been a variety of things that, he, that have put him in vulnerable, scary, life-threatening positions over the years. And... At this point, he really just needs to step away as the face and the the owner. He already has a, clearly a line of succession in, in place. But the idea that we are invested in this guy, shame on every single lawmaker in the mid-2000s who gave the state of Indiana taxpayers that really crappy deal for Lucas Oil Stadium because you made us wholly subservient to a guy who can't even manage his own life, much less be a responsible steward of our money. So the Colts announced on January 9th that he had been scheduled to perform with his band in Los Angeles, uh, but he was being treated for that respiratory illness that you mentioned. They said that he's receiving excellent care and looks forward to returning to the stage as soon as possible. And then they also asked for everyone to respect the privacy of him and his no, family see, as I, he recovers. I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly, yeah. Casey, because and I, with the normal person yes absolutely he's a public figure you are a public figure you're taking public money you are not giving up the public money hey if he came to me tomorrow and said those tax increases that you have to pay rob even though you don't live in indianapolis for my stadium you're out then absolutely i'll totally respect your privacy but when you are an integral part of this city and you have woven yourself into the not just into the fabric of the city but in a, as a quasi-government entity of the city then no. The same reason we have been so adamant about trying to figure out where Joe Hogsett is was during the riots. You don't have that right to privacy because you are an elected person. You are paid by taxpayers. You are responsible for billions of dollars of stuff and public safety and all these other things. When you opt into that, you give up certain things. And one of them is for the right for me not to know. Other question. I know we got to get to a break or get to the news. How did we, how did this just come out now? Right. It, it had been out How there since December. How powerful is this guy that they can keep that under wraps for a month and a mm -hmm. half? Yeah. It is 928. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 934 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Six days to go until the New Hampshire Republican presidential primary. A new poll indicating that Donald Trump remains the clear front runner with Nikki Haley in second place, followed by Ron DeSantis in third place. This is a uh, Suffolk University poll, and they've got uh, Donald Trump at 50 percent, Nikki Haley at 34 percent, followed by Ron DeSantis at 5 percent. I will continue to ask this question because it is made made no sense to me for a long time about why the primary calendar is set up the way that it is. Now, mm -hmm. the Democrats changed theirs, but they changed theirs to rig it for Biden. Like, they changed it this time so that Biden would not have any sort of competition, and they moved states that were especially friendly to Biden. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying the starter, the starter for the Republican Party is Iowa, mm -hmm. which, while yes, now a red state, once upon a time was certainly not a red state. It had Democrat governors. It had Democrat senators. It was very much like Indiana was for a long time, where it was kind of a 50-50 a state. Even though it's a red state now, it is definitely not—I mean, 
what was it, a hundred and some thousand people were the total votes cast? In the Iowa caucus? Yeah. It was 111. Uh, no, it had to be more than 111. Maybe for Trump. I mean, I mean, I think it was close. To, it doesn't matter. Anyway, close to 200,000 people voting. And it's not even a primary. It's some weird wacky mechanism where being someone's second choice is just as good as being their first and because of the way exit polling was done they were able to call the thing before it even started and so you've got that then you go to new hampshire which is not even close to being a red state it's probably more blue than it is red purple at best and that's your gate starter is a bizarre wacky way of picking a winner and then a non-red state and that does not make any sense to me. And maybe that's part of why Republicans traditionally get such bad nominees for president. Why Why wouldn't you go to some sort of, like I talked about the other day, zoned type of mechanism mm -hmm. where, hey, next, next cycle, it's going to be the Midwest turn. And so you're talking, hey, it's Iowa, it's Nebraska, it's Indiana, it's Michigan, it's, uh, it's uh, Kentucky, Illinois, Ohio. So they've got to go to many states and talk about the issues of many states. And then the next time it's the South. And so, hey, it's Alabama, it's Florida, it's, you know, whatever. This just, it just doesn't make any sense to me that one, these two states get all of this attention. And the other 48 states, South Carolina gets some because it's third, but the other 58 states are largely ignored. Holding up their hands saying, what about us? I'm curious, in Iowa, people can switch parties to vote in the caucus. Is that the same way in New Hampshire? Because it seems to me that if you're an independent undeclared, you can vote in either major party primary. You know, it's it's interesting because, as you know, I did uh, radio in the South and North Carolina for a couple of years. And what was interesting about out there is um, the party, like in, in, in Indiana, you can walk up on election day and say, I would like a Republican ballot. Mm -hmm. And that's then basically what they kind of identify you as going forward. And you can change it the next time. And um, obviously they put this law in that's been struck down by the judge that you had to vote in two consecutive primaries of that party in order to run right. for public office. So that doesn't apply anymore. But but so that was kind of a guardrail they put on it. But you should be able to vote in whatever primary you want. No questions asked. Now in the set, like in North Carolina, you had to uh, declare it and it was like 30 days out of voting. So they were very guarded about just switch day up. yeah about yeah. how about how they did their their uh, their primaries it comes back to though Iowa this caucus it wasn't like they were also caucusing for their county commissioners and state senators you know how we do elections here in Indiana you're voting for everything from coroner to president in the May primary they have this one special thing they carve out this one it's not even an actual election it's it's uh, this one special caucus thing and i just think it is just the worst way to pick a nominee and it's part of why traditionally republicans have picked such bad candidates in in the past you know three or four decades to be there to be their nominee i was a little worried about Ron DeSantis yesterday because he was not posting anything on x all day long and then at the end of the day i thought okay is, is he is he mulling whether he's going to suspend his campaign is that why he hasn't put anything official out there but then by the end end of the day he was and i thought okay maybe it's just part of the iowa caucus hangover but he got second 
He did get second in Iowa, but now, you know, you've got Nikki Haley out there saying this is a two-person race, and according to all the polls in New Hampshire, it's more of a competition between her and Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis's MIA in this scenario. Yeah, but if you're DeSantis, isn't the narrative, and this is where the, the you know, the spin matters most, right? If you're DeSantis... Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you on election night, maybe he did, I didn't hear it, maybe don't you, aren't your words, it's on to South Carolina? Yeah. Like, don't you, because it's a game of expectations. Because if Haley loses, and I love the narrative now, Nikki Haley closing in Trump in New Hampshire. Surging! Yeah. So let's say it ends up being what the polls are right now. Trump's at like 50, she's at 34, and then, you know, it's DeSantis or whatever. If it's 50-34, she's done, right? Because she banked it all in New Hampshire, she's done. If you're DeSantis then, you become the de facto Trump alternative because by the game of reasonable expectations, you have said, hey, we're only playing for you know South Carolina. We love our friends in New Hampshire, but we just don't think it's a state that sets up well for us. And then you become the last man standing. But it doesn't seem like I've heard him do that publicly. Maybe I've missed that, but it, it seems like... The whole DeSantis campaign has been very odd, hasn't it? Well, from the very launch, when he launched on X, it hasn't been the greatest. He's not a great campaigner. Uh, But here's Donald Trump talking about Nikki Haley, calling her a disaster. So what I want to do is I want to just tell you, it's very simple. We have to get out. We have to take back our country. We have a country that's in such bad shape. We have to take it back. Nikki Haley is a disaster. She worked for me for a long time. I mean, I know it very well. I actually put her there for a different reason. I shouldn't say this, but you had a lieutenant governor named Henry McMaster, who was fantastic. I figured if I took her out of South Carolina oh, governorship, stop. put her someplace, any place, oh, I put her someplace, then Henry McMaster, who was my friend and who's turned out to be a great governor in South Carolina, Henry McMaster will become the governor. So I moved her to the United Nations. Stop, stop, no, no, we 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 have to discuss this. He, with a straight face, Mm -hmm. said he picked someone to lead the United Nations, not because they're most qualified. Because he wanted to place her out of South Carolina. Not because she's best for the job, not because she'd do a good job, Uh but because his buddy, (laughs) he wanted his buddy to to be the governor of a state that he had already won and he was going to win next. He is. We have to do a deep dive on this, Casey. That is either. That is either a great insight into how this guy lies with no regard for anything. Or Mm -hmm. if indeed that is true and you put someone in charge, we're not talking about like you're the ambassador to Lithuania. Mm -hmm. He made her the... United, UN, the United <laughs> Nations. Yeah. Like, if we have to go to war, she's in charge of making the case. He should be disqualified from running for president if indeed. I'm sure, I'm certain, without a shadow of a doubt, he is lying out of his ass. Well, he's got to come uh, up with a narrative for something that, of why he put her at the UN. That because is, she's using that to her advantage against him. But, Casey, he indicted himself. He's saying, I pick people based on who my buddies are, Mm -hmm. and if my buddy needs a lift up, I'm going to put someone... Again, we are not saying that she was the assistant to the undersecretary (laughs) of the dean of musical brotherhood. We're we're talking about she was leading the UN, Mm -hmm. and his... With a straight face that I put her there so that my buddy could have a better job. Mm -hmm. If that is true, which it is not true, he picked her because he thought she would be pretty good at it. And to her credit, she did a nice job. Now, it was his policies, and he deserves the credit for the policies, but she did a pretty okay job at the UN based on the lack of, you know, America, uh, military conflicts, et cetera, peacetime. Give her credit there. 
again, give Trump more of the credit, but give her credit. But he undermined himself. Yeah, he went on to say that she was not a good negotiator. But in his mind, nobody is because that's what he does as a businessman. He negotiates all the time. If you if you are a tr- only Trump person, you tell me why this is okay. Why is what he just said okay that he told you <laughs> with a straight face that he put someone in probably, I don't know where you would rank that on the important scale, certainly top five of appointments that a president makes. He put someone in the top five important positions, most important positions, because he wanted to help his buddy. Mm-hmm. How is that okay? I don't, I don't, there is no, po- now, everybody knows that's not why he did it. Everybody knows he did it because she was he thought she'd be good for the job. She was good for the job. So we have a guy who is just straight out with no regard for the truth whatsoever, lying to everyone. He's got to come up with something, right? And that's the- That's that, horrible. That's the direction I he chose. I despise Nikki Haley, Casey. You know my opinion on her. That is horrible mm-hmm. for that guy to say that that's how he picks his, his you know, cabinet people. He went on to say that it's time for the uh, party to unify. It's time for the Republican Party, however, to unify, come together, and move forward as one team. We have to beat crooked Joe Biden. We have to beat him. Our country is at stake, and we need to focus on all of our resources. We have to put them into energy and effort and defeating Biden and all of these radical left lunatics, what they're doing to our country. We can't let it happen. We cannot let it continue. We're going down, and we cannot let it continue. Okay, so ABC News canceled a debate in New Hampshire. Nikki Haley said that she would show up if Donald Trump did too. She said at this point, I'm not going to debate anybody unless Joe Biden and Donald Trump are on stage. But then they canceled it. And then Ron DeSantis finally made an appearance. And he said he's the only one who's not running a basement campaign. I'm the only one who's not running a basement campaign at this point. You owe you you deserve as a voter to have the candidates come up, answer your questions in forums like this, have somebody like Wolf moderate a debate where you go back and forth. Uh, and I think we've gone away from and obviously Donald Trump didn't debate the whole time. We've gone away from, hey, let's make let people make these decisions to almost like, you know, just let the media coverage determine what's going on. I don't think that's what we want in a Republican form of government. So ABC had scheduled a debate and Nikki Haley said she would only do it if Donald Trump showed up. And I don't know what happened there, but she said she would go. But then they canceled it. So one of them said, no, I'm not coming. Casey, I know we got to get to a break, but mm-hmm. I, I've just got to come back to this. You're that, still blown away I mean, by I that. Just, the, <laughs> and I noticed, uh, you know, we have some very, uh, and we love all of our YouTube uh, viewers because they uh, they contribute to our bonus all the same, no mm-hmm. matter why you listen. But I notice uh, the usual very mouthy people mm-hmm. who get mad when we point out Trump's voting record or things he said, I notice it's very quiet on that. How could that possibly be okay that the the guy who admits when I was president of the United States and and he thought it was okay to say mm-hmm. he says it with just like like he just said yeah there's a there's a vending machine right down the hall from you. How is that okay that he is claiming his cabinet level people are put in positions based on I needed to get you out of there mm-hmm. so that my buddy could have a better position? At Robin Kendall on Twitter, uh, the people who hate us in the YouTube chat, you can put it there. Three one seven six eight four eight four four four. Someone defend this to me and tell me why why the why this is okay. It's Kendall and Casey. It's ninety three <laughs> WIBC. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. It is nine minutes away from 10 o'clock. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I wanted to share this story with you, Rob, because one day you may be faced with this problem Uh as your beautiful young girl grows. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is walking her down the aisle of her wedding. Yeah. This when is, she's 40, I look forward to her getting married. Is that the age you've set? <laughs> so this is a girl who wants a dad to pay for her wedding, but refuses to walk down the aisle with him. Listen to this. What I'm finding out is if you let your parent pay for your wedding, you kind of have to do it their way. Finally told my parents, I'm going to do this my way, and they backed out of paying for it. So let me tell you what happened. I have to give credit where credit is due. My parents raised me to be an independent thinker. And as an independent thinker, I've decided we're not gonna do every single wedding tradition at my wedding. And that's where the fight comes in with my dad. It's the year 2023. Women are not property anymore, which is why I decided I will be walking myself down the aisle. My parents do not own me and I'm not some property to be given away. My dad was not very happy to find out he wouldn't be walking me down the aisle. In his eyes, I'm taking away one of the most important parts of the day. Apparently, a first dance with my father isn't enough. Okay, what a complete it bag this chick is. Uh-huh. And Kev, uh, <laughs> I now see why you're very picky on the dating apps because you could end up with a sea hag like this. Uh, you are, you are until you turn 18, your parents' property, just as I was and Kevin was and you were. Uh, those who pay the bills make all the rules. And I guess if you want to, again, be a complete piece of it uh, and not have your parents, you know, walk you down the aisle, your dad walk you down the aisle, then pay for it yourself. Right. Um, (laughs) This is gross, Casey. Yeah, and she also went on to say later in the bit that she was mad that her dad actually talked to his friends to solicit their opinions on how this should be handled. But the thing was, she wanted to have the dance at the wedding reception, the party, be his moment, not the actual ceremony at, I'm guessing, a church, walking down the aisle of a church. And I see Ethan, our dear friend Ethan Hatcher from Saturday on the Circles in the YouTube chat, and he's mm-hmm. right. He said, you know, as long as she wants to pay for it herself, right. do whatever she wants. However, there's also the side of it that it's like, dude, your parents birthed you and raised you, and the reason you are alive is because of your parents, and there's a decent chance they took somewhat good care of you, and how about a little dignity and respect for them, right. and allowing your dad, it's not like he wanted to come out you know, in a muscle shirt with Van Halen blaring in the background, <laughs> he wanted to walk you down the aisle. These, No offense, Kevin, but your generation, and no offense, Casey, but your daughter's generation are a bunch of sickos, and I'm so glad, so glad I'm permanently <laughs> out of the dating pool. Hey, I, I'm not on her side, if that makes you feel better. So the dad's not paying, and now she realizes that she can't afford it. So uh, it's time for this young girl to elope, I, I assume. I mean, that's it's not just giving away like property. It should be a proud moment yes. for a father to say, look at this beautiful girl yes. that I've contributed raising, and it's my honor to, yes. you know, 
Yeah. Shake the hand of the man she chose. Yeah. It, uh, we'd love for you to weigh in on this. 317-684-8444 if you've got an opinion on this young woman. It is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good morning.